The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Today, we're speaking with Yonat Georgescu. He is the CEO of a nonprofit called End of Waste Foundation. It's a blockchain service platform that's funded by environmentally conscious citizens and businesses. The funds are used to develop new technologies and offset costs associated with glass recycling. Yonat has been a waste management expert for more than 15 years. He's worked closely with the European Commission as a waste director for the Romanian Ministry of Environment and as the chief of staff of the president of the United Nations Environment Program. Yonat Georgescu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Laura. Nice to meet you. And I'm glad to be with you here. So we're going to talk a lot about glass in this episode because in the zero waste world, a lot of us who are going zero waste like to switch to glass so we can store things in glass and transport them in glass and it doesn't have any of that, the chemicals and stuff that are in plastic so we know that it's not touching our food or when it gets hot, we know that it's not leaching out into our drinks or anything like that. And uh, there are some challenges though with glass, which we're going to talk about. So... Can you can you start off by telling us why glass recycling rates are so low across the country? First of all, uh, I will tell you that you are right about the glass, that uh, it is a very convenient packaging. And I think, yeah. first of all, we have to remember our history because until 70 years ago, glass, it was one of the most used packaging in, uh, in our world. And uh, everything it was in glass, from milk to water to beverage to beer. And uh, I think we can ask our parents and our grandparents that the taste of each of this uh, product in glass uh, are, is more better than, uh, than in plastic. Yes. Why glass is not anymore reused and why glass is not anymore recycled and reused? First of all, plastic, it's more easy and it's more convenient for everybody especially for the consumer, for the uh, consumer packed goods uh, manufacturer, for the distributors, for the retailers. Imagine uh, if uh, we have all the beverage in glass. Uh, in this moment, distributors and retailers will have some liabilities because on uh, the manipulation of the packaging, they can break something uh, and glass is more breakable than plastic. Yeah. But yeah. the taste and the environment impact has a huge uh, positive uh, impact if we use glass instead of plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with this logistic issues that we, we can have, it's still better to use glass than, uh, than plastic. Why glass is not anymore uh, recycled? First of all, uh, the price of, uh, of the raw materials. It's very, very cheap in this moment to use primary raw materials like sand, mainly sand and some chemicals, to produce a new new glass. So the virgin materials are very, very cheap in this moment. And uh, it's not a huge pressure on uh, destroying our 
natural environment by taking the sand from somewhere and uh, uh, melt it and produce a new glass. Mm-hmm. So the cost of the of the re- glass recycling is more expensive than the uh, the primary raw material. So we have a financial burden in, onto the system in order to uh, have a, a different kind of recycling. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, if we go back in history again about glass, one of the most important activity for glass was reusing. We reused a lot of bottles. I remember in my childhood that we have uh, the milkman, and he yeah. came and take the empty uh, bottles of glass and put uh, the new ones, and we can reuse a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the marketing decision, we have so many different types of, uh, of bottles, of glass bottles. Everything is different. Until uh, 40 years ago, the beer was sold in one type of glass bottle. Now we have 100 uh, brands of uh, beer, 100 different glass bottles on, uh, on design and, and sizes and different marketing aspects. So it's almost impossible to reuse. Mm-hmm. So because we are a little bit lazy, because we have a lot of marketing and because we have a very cheap uh, virgin materials, glass is difficult to be recycled. But it's not impossible. And with this uh, fight against plastic that we have, with this fight against climate change that we have, uh, our opinion on End of Voice Foundation is that glass is the best solution for long term for our packaging. Glass and aluminum. These are the two types of material that we can uh, recycle forever and we can uh, have a very positive impact also on CO2. Yeah. From our calculation, uh, for each ton of CO2 that we want to reduce, we have to recycle 2.6 tons of glass wow. for each one. And uh, this kind of impact on CO2, uh, it's huge, not only about the sand that we are using uh, to, to melt it and to produce a new glass, but on other two aspects. First of all, chemical industry. When we produce a new glass bottle, we have uh, a higher quantity of uh, chemical substances that we are using into this production. And the impact of these chemical substances and CO2 and greenhouse gases, it's it's huge uh, as as an impact. Uh, Imagine that we have a lot of silicon oxide, sodium oxide, calcium oxide, uh, and magnesium oxide. This is we speak a lot about chemical uh, chemical substances in this uh, in this industry, and we have a huge impact uh, on this one. Only the on uh, on the reaction for one ton of glass, we are using more almost 200 pounds of new chemicals, uh, and with a huge impact on CO2. It's it's not Sorry? just sand because I just thought the glass was. It's not only sand. It's not only sand. It's sand plus chemicals. Okay. And uh, the second and the most important CO2 emission for the, for the glass is when you have to melt the sand and the chemicals. So you, when you are using sand, uh, sand and chemicals, new, uh, we have a huge uh, consumption of energy to melt it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. uh, it's uh, almost uh, six gigajoules per, for each ton of glass, which is a huge consumption. But... 
If you are using up to 85% recycled glass into a new bottle, the energy that we consume is half of the energy. So we decrease a lot uh, our energy consumption because the melted temperature is much lower for recycled glass uh, instead of, uh, of sand. Okay, and so that's the, like um, like aluminum too. It's a much lower temperature that you need to recycle aluminum rather than make it new. So that's half why half of the temperature, yeah. half of the temperature, we have a huge impact for glass also as uh, aluminum, and this is the most uh, important reduction of the CO two and greenhouse gases that we have in this moment. It's not uh, only on on CO two, but it's also, of course, on the natural gas that we are using to uh, to burn to be burned. And, of course, uh, also a financial benefit for the bottle manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, of course, it's what what you are saying in the beginning with the milkman. It's just, of course, nice to return Mm -hmm. them and reuse them. And same with beer bottles. Uh, We do that here in Canada with a lot of them. But a lot of people just put them in the recycling bin and then they end up getting broken. So our recycling facility... They have trouble with glass because it's so heavy and it usually breaks. So I believe that they're using it for sandblasting. That's how they're recycling the broken glass. So I don't know how many times they can reuse it as sandblasting, but at least it's getting reused. The the most important thing is not to send to landfill. This is the most important thing that we have to avoid. And mainly reusing the, the virgin materials through recycling is one of the best solutions that we can have in this moment. Yeah. But let's good. not forget that recycling, it's something that has a huge benefit for our environment, for our health also, but it's much expensive than landfill. Mm. If we see waste as something that we want to be very cheap for us, this means that we have to choose landfill. If we see waste as something that it is a very huge benefit for us as human beings and for our environment, then we have to contribute more to the system. We have to do more to recycle. Yeah, absolutely. Because these products are here and we need packaging and there's billions of us. So we aren't going to stop using these vessels and packaging and stuff like that anytime soon and you know you're saying it's not good to send a landfill we know all the problems with landfill with leachate contaminating groundwater and with uh, methane belching up out of the air so that stuff's bad and of course i don't think glass will do either of that but glass crowds the landfill which is a problem then it has to be capped sooner then you have the emissions the greenhouse gas emissions from the diesel trucks that have to carry all that heavy weight of glass so yeah definitely best to keep the glass out of the landfill, and I imagine that it would be in there for, I don't know, a million years or something, because I know they found lots of ancient glass in Egypt uh, that was thousands of years old. So am I correct to say that glass kind of never really goes away, especially if it's buried? First of all, glass never goes away. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Secondly, uh, if we speak about the glass that we discovered from uh, ancient Egyptians, that glass was, we can, let's say, pure uh, melted sand. They didn't use so many chemicals in producing a new a glass bottle or a glass packaging. Uh, but now we are using a lot of chemicals. Mm-hmm. So let's not see our glass only as sand, but let's see a lot of chemicals around this glass and imagine the, uh, the huge negative impact that th- those chemicals 
has on uh, on environment and of course finally on our uh, health because it's one more thing that um, i think uh, we have to analyze and we have to discuss how we see the impact of waste uh, around us so the chemicals that you're saying are in the glass is there any danger of any of these chemicals leaching out into our food or our drinks or anything of course out of the, uh, out of the glass really it's out of the glass. We have, I don't know, oh, we have our, our, our composition. If we speak about more numbers and more chemicals, the composition of the glass is like this. 74% it's silicon oxide. This silicon oxide, let's call it, this is the sand one. 74% is sand, but 26% are other chemicals. 16% is sodium oxide which is uh, an artificial chemical. This is not like uh, sand, a natural chemical. We have four, uh, almost 5% calcium oxide and 3% magnesium oxide. So those are chemicals which are artificially made. Glass has also a very important advantage. When you use glass as a packaging instead of plastic, for example, the contact between the product and the glass, it's no negative impact. Now we have uh, the research done on plastic. When we are using plastic as a packaging, we already know that very, very microscopic plastic pieces are transferred from packaging to our uh, beverage, to our milk. So when Mm -hmm. we drink that uh, liquid, we also ingest some microplastics in, into our uh, body, thing that which is not happening for glass. Mm-hmm. Glass is very safe as a packaging and has no negative impact on our beverage. And we did not discover through the research on this world any negative impact when you are using glass as a packaging instead of plastic. It's a discussion also now even with aluminum because uh, for aluminum to be used as a packaging for beverage, we have to treat that aluminum with some chemicals. And we have still some questions about the impact of those chemicals into our body. Well, the beverage cans are typically lined with a BPA plastic lining, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, which I don't like. I'm the mom of a little boy, and I try to keep him away from BPA just for for his safety. So we don't drink it a can. I'll drink beer out of cans. And uh, I know that they're they're good for recycling and stuff, but I don't give him too many things in cans, but just because of that lining. Yeah. So you were involved in a project in Colorado. Can you tell us a little bit about that? A bottle manufacturer, a joint venture between uh, Miller Coors and Owens, Illinois, one of the largest uh, bottle manufacturers in, uh, in the world. And together we said, okay, how can we start here uh, to see how we can divert from landfill uh, some glass? As uh, we started to speak in the beginning about glass recycling, I told you, for glass recycling, we have some costs which are higher than the landfill. And if we put all the costs of glass recycling for many uh, tons of glass, for 70% of our glass waste, the cost of collection, uh, treating, processing, and recycling the glass, all those cost, costs are higher 
than uh, the value of the of the recycled material which can be used to produce a new bottle. So somebody somewhere is losing some money. This is why it's not an economical, it's not a good economical model in this moment for recycling mm-hmm. because nobody takes the responsibility for those costs. And uh, the glass processor uh, will say, I cannot go, for example, to pay higher cost of transport to bring the glass uh, waste to my facility to process it and to have a very good glass colored because I'm losing money. I cannot bring uh, glass from a community which is not uh, recycling, uh, which is not sorting very well because maybe the glass is contaminated. And if I have contaminated glass, I have to wash this glass, I will spend money, and finally I will lose money. We have to see that in the waste and recycling industry, all the companies are private companies. So they, they must have a small profit. Without mm. a profit, they will not exist. Yeah. So, of course, we do not have to spend the money to buy uh, new fancy cars to have huge gross margin or uh, profit, but they must have a small profit. They must have a, gr- a small gross margin in order to operate. So if they lose money, they will not touch the, their glass waste. This is why waste and recycling industry in the United States is not touching almost 6 million tons of glass each year because they lose money. Yeah. We have an average loss of $35 for each ton of glass in order to change the destination from landfill to recycling. So how can we get the $35? Yeah, how are you how solving this? How can we this? bring some money? How can we improve our financial uh, system? How can we improve our fi- uh, operational system? Mm-hmm. If, we, if we see around uh, in some other uh, countries in this world, Canada, it's one example, European Union, they have some policies there. And the most important policy, it's called extended producer responsibility. Through this policy, which is a mandatory regulation, the consumer packet good producer, manufacturer, the company who is using the glass bottle as a packaging, we have this brewery X in Europe and Canada. They are responsible to contribute financially and operational to achieve minimum recycling rates. And for glass in Europe, now, in this moment, glass uh, recycling rate is a minimum 60%, and it will increase in 10 years to 85% recycling rate until 2030. Which is really good. It's, it's a lot better than yeah. plastic, yeah. Of course, this can be a good solution. It's an old uh, solution. It's an old option. We, we spoke about extended producer responsibility in Europe in the last 40 years. Our opinion on End of Waste Foundation is that we should distribute evenly the responsibility between us. The CPG manufacturer has a lot of uh, responsibility, but also distributors, retailers, and us as a citizens, we should be responsible. We should contribute financially and operational to the system in order to achieve recycling because it's a common goal. Uh, when we speak about shared economy, when we speak about sharing the benefits of the, of the economy between us and to 
to have a more developed society in this world, more educated and more developed, we have to speak about how to distribute between us this responsibility. How are you getting the producers on board with this? We're convincing a producer, uh, enrolling a producer. Let me tell you a little bit uh, how we think that we should distribute evenly the, the responsibility. First yeah. of all, when we speak about circular economy, to build a circular economy, we have to connect two industries. One industry is that industry which is managing our products, starting with a CPG manufacturer, distributors, retailers, and finally citizens as consumer. This is uh, a life cycle when we speak about the product. The other life cycle is starting with us as the citizens, which are waste generators, we generate waste. We decide when a product, we do not use it anymore and become waste. Then we have municipalities which are representing us for the municipal waste. Then we have haulers. We have uh, material recovery facilities, which are basically sorting stations. They are sorting the waste into multiple streams and they are sending the waste to the waste processors because we have glass processors, we have plastic processor, and on plastic we can speak about maybe seven types of plastic processors. Then we have the recycling uh, companies because sometimes we speak about recycling bin or recycling center. But believe me, is nobody there in the recycling bin which is recycling the waste in that moment. The waste has a journey. And finally, of course, we have this... Uh, a recycling company, which for glass is the bottle manufacturer, or for some products is a, a construction material uh, producer, which is using, for example, glass for uh, insulation, which is very good uh, for the thermic insulation. And we, we work here with a company, Owens Corning, which is doing this kind of product from recycling glass. So on this circular economy for product and waste, we have a lot of stakeholders. How can we put together so many companies? Because we speak about hundreds of thousands of companies uh, spread it into this uh, 12, 13 categories. How can we work together with them? It's almost impossible in an uh, in old type of uh, doing business. And we strongly believe that technology, it will help us to put everybody together to communicate and the most important one is to trust, to build trust between them. And for us to build the trust, we are using blockchain. We yes. are using blockchain as a, a basic ledger mm -hmm. for us to trace the waste, to validate the transactions and to see who is doing what, when and what with the waste. And we are proving that some quantities of waste has been recycled and by whom. So we uh, work as a proof of recycling and we show to the market, look, this quantity was recycled and for this quantity not to be sent uh, to the landfill, but to be recycled, those companies work together. And from those companies, those uh, one or two companies has uh, lost some money in order to do this. And in their behalf, 
we ask for contributions. So are you using so, the blockchain as monetary transaction, as a monetary yeah. transaction tool or as a tracking? Exactly. How, so how does that uh, we track are, it? We are using as a, a transaction tracking. So we validate transactions. Okay, yeah. We do not trace yet pieces of waste. In this moment, we do not know in this world how can we trace a bottle into the waste and recycling system. Why? Because after you put the bottle into the, the, the bin, and then from the bin to the truck, 99.99% of the glass, it will be broken. So you cannot trace each piece. Of course, into the future, we believe that we need a different kind of infrastructure for glass collection. Maybe we can bring the glass back to the retailers. We can have there some uh, equipment, reverse vending machines or something, anything uh, with innovation, and you put the bottle back there. And maybe you can also receive some incentives for this. And we can trace uh, in the future each bottle. But now, through blockchain, we validate transactions and we follow the quantities, how much of that specific quantities it was recycled. And I can give you some examples. In Colorado, we have a transaction from the MRF to the glass processor, for example, 1,200 tons of glass. Then uh, the glass processor is processing the waste and he can, from 1,200 tons, uh, they can use to the, they can send to the bottle manufacturer maybe only 1,000 or 800, depending on the quality, depending on the composition, because sometimes the MERS is not sending you only glass, it's sending glass with some other materials, contaminated with some other materials, and you have to sort it again to process it again. So you, uh, you lose also some quantities there. So we validate transaction and finally maybe we can prove that 600 tons was really recycled. And to do this, the glass processors spend more, I don't know, $15 per ton and the bottom manufacturer another 2 or $3 per ton. And they need that contribution in order to have a small profit and not to, to lose money into this. And by building trust between all the stakeholders, then we go back with that proof of recycling to CPG manufacturer, to distributor, to retailers, and to citizens, and we ask for contribution. We believe, we strongly believe that by building trust and transparency into the system, we can convince this, those stakeholders to contribute financially. We have a Facebook page, a Facebook movement, Save the Glass, and we have 85,000 Americans which are very involved in this movement, Save the Glass. Yeah. Well, Yona, this has been really great. So thank you for joining us today and telling us all about your work to increase recycling rates of glass. Thank you very much. Uh, and I tell you, we, we are trying to use our experience. We have 15 years experience at the European Union level and United Nations level. We discovered and we learned what is about waste and recycling all over the world. And now we apply all the uh, best technologies and our knowledge into End of Voice Foundation project. So check Save the Glass uh, movement on Facebook and endofwaste.com. And our role here is to enroll everybody to create a digital circular economy, the first platform that we are using to build the circular economy for our end user packaging. Thank you very much, Laura, for this interview. And... Uh, all the best uh, to you and your listener. 
Awesome. Thank you so much and best of luck. And I look forward to hearing more about uh, End of Waste. Very cool project you have. Thank you. That was Yona Georgescu, CEO of the End of Waste Foundation. They are developing new technologies to offset the costs associated with glass recycling. In episode 74, we spoke with Rebecca Davies from the Remark Glass Studio in Philadelphia, and we talked about how beverage companies don't have a standard glass bottle. So many different companies use many different bottles and make it too difficult to sort and redistribute these glass bottles back to the company who could possibly sanitize and use them again. So if there was a standard type of beer bottle, for example, which there used to be in my area in Canada, uh, then it makes it much easier to collect and redistribute glass bottles for reuse because it removes the sorting stage. And of course, with the sorting stage, you might separate, say, five blue bottles being returned in a day, but it's not enough to send out a truck to the blue bottle beverage company for only those five bottles. So you'd have to wait until you got a truckload of those particular blue bottles, and then the logistics becomes complicated and more expensive. You have to hire people to do it. So if we had a standard beer bottle a standard wine bottle, and a standard non-alcoholic beverage bottle, it would make things so much easier and cheaper and much more environmentally friendly. If you'd like to support the show, there are several ways to do it. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful. You can follow the show's Instagram, zero underscore waste underscore countdown. Or you can find me on TikTok or subscribe to the YouTube channel, which doesn't have many videos. It's just the audio tracks of the podcast. Or if you want to reach out with a story idea, I'd love to hear from you. My email is laura at zerowastecountdown.com. And if you'd like to discuss anything on the show, you're welcome to email me as well. Podbean has a reward button that you can click right in the app to sign up for a monthly donation as well. Even a few dollars is super, super helpful. And uh, probably the easiest way to donate to the Zero Waste Countdown initiative is to click the PayPal button on the bottom of the website, zerowastecountdown.com. Every action you do counts. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you have a wonderful summer. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.